Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Y'all, don't, y'all st- still sound a little sleepy from Thanksgiving. How y'all doing today? Everybody good? Well, welcome to the house of God. It's so good to be in church with you. I'm so glad that you made it back from Thanksgiving, and uh, I hope you're thankful. God's doing so many things. We have so much to be grateful for. Can you just give Jesus praise one more time before we jump into the Word? He's why we're here. If he be lifted up, he'll draw all people. I hope you had a chance to uh, shine your light at Thanksgiving. I was talking with Pastor Chris. Last week, I was like, you know, like seven times. I was like, we're going into enemy territory. He's like, man, you said that a lot. Was your family okay? I'm like, man, my family's crazy. So, so you know, I'm glad y'all uh, prayed for me. My wife looked at me yesterday, and she goes, I'm still processing Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was like, maybe I don't think we'll, we'll process that for a long, long time. Like, I got videos to prove it. And so uh, we, had a, we had a great time, though. Uh, I want to share with you real quick. Next week, you heard a Serve Knock Saturday. I'd encourage you, come get plugged in. We're going to have a special Christmas one where we're giving away toys and Christmas gifts a little bit to the local uh, kids in the area and just have a great Christmas uh, box of food. And I'm just believing to feed and serve and help a lot of people in our community. So we'd love to have you as a part of that. And then uh, we do start our Christmas season uh, next uh, Sunday, and we're doing a series called Light. And uh, really just believing that we can be the light of the world and looking at Jesus being the light of the world. And uh, how many of you know that in the midst of a lot of dark times right now, when you look at the news and you look at everything that's happening, it's easy to think there's so much negativity and darkness. And God knew all of what's happening right now would be happening. And he said that you and I are the light of the world. And And that there needs to be a boldness in our life to be light. It's easy to cover up our light or to put, put, kind of hide the light of Jesus or, or compromise the message a little bit because we can get a little fearful. And so I want to make sure we're emboldened to be light and to understand that he is light. And then next Sunday, starting off that light series, we do have our vision offering. And so I'd encourage you, I don't know if you got one of these, um, but it is just a card about next steps on praying together and asking God what he'd have you do. But I just pray that we would all hear something from God. Like I promise you, many of you maybe are scared to ask God because you know he'll tell you something. (laughs) Uh, But just ask him, like when just whatever he tells you, just obey what he says. And let's all come together next week and really bring just an amazing offering for vision. Our church is continuing to reach the world with vision. And so we want to be a part of that together. I promise you, as you sow in, God will sow into you and, and, uh, and make his, his, his glory uh, so evident in your life. And so let's all participate together um, and just be a family as we bring a vision offering uh, next week. Can everybody just give a little uh, praise for vision offering next week? Come on. It's going to be good. Don't be scared. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we, these were, these envelopes were supposed to be, they misprinted them at the, uh, at the printer. And so you can see the size on the front and it was kind of crazy and they gave us what they had. And so we had these envelopes and we were looking at it as the staff. I'm like, that was just Jesus. We need bigger envelopes to hold bigger checks. Somebody, this is got the big check envelopes coming on. And so anyway, we're believing God for a great, uh, offering. We've already seen about 20,000 plus dollars come in this year. Um, and this right leading up into it. So people have been sowing and giving and leading the way into that. So I want to encourage you, uh, God's paving the way. Um, We're going to finish this series just called Foundations today. And I've just kind of been bringing out some different thoughts, generosity, um, uh, thought about knowing God personally last week and just being intimate to make him known, have to know him. And this week, just I'm going to just be uh, another simple foundation of our church is just really evangelism. Like, I think the foundation of the church is evangelism. 
like inviting people, being hospitable. And what does it mean uh, to be an inviting church and inviting people? And, and of, all, of all the times in our world, I think in the last 20 months, come on, our world's been through hell in the last 20 months. And, and it's, there's been some crazy times. And I think COVID has kind of made us all shrink back a little bit. COVID has kind of made us all close up a little bit. That kind of quarantine mindset, like, do we have enough bread on the shelves? Do we have enough toilet paper? Remember, it started with toilet paper, somebody. And, and, and I don't know what it is for you now, but, but the reality is COVID. And I, I just want today, as I talk about inviting, as I talk about evangelism, as I talk about sharing the gospel and, and us as a church, I, I just want to take back some territory Satan's stolen. I just want us as a church together and you individually to really get bold and take back some territory the enemy might have had you close up in, right? And, and I think he's had us close up and get a closed up mindset. And I'm just going to speak to you about not shrinking back, not sitting back, not, not staying back, but opening up your heart, opening up your mouth, opening up your home, opening up your church, opening up your invite. Come on, we're, we're an open people. Paul said, open my heart to you. Don't close your heart to me. Like we're an open people, right? Our heart and COVID just kind of closed us down. So I want us to open up our, our lives. I, I got a simple title for today, and uh, it's this. Hold your applause, please. Hold your applause, please. Look at somebody and say, hold your applause. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. I pray today that you would uh, just simply empower us to be bold. Empower us to open up. Empower us to take back areas the enemy might have closed us off to. Empower us to believe again, hope again, invite again, reach out again. Not just close our, our homes, but, but to open our homes again, to open our circles again. I know there's fear and there's news and there's pandemic and all these things. Lord, help us to open up again and trust you. In, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, hold your applause, please. I, I don't know, my wife and I, it's been a long time since we've been to a movie, because come on, movie theaters were closed off, you know, right? Uh, and I don't know about you, it, let me just show of hands, movies, movie theaters, overrated, underrated? Oh, I'm overrated. Oh, overrated, show of hands, movie theaters, overrated. Show of hands, yep. Underrated, anybody? Come on, underrated. I, I don't know, I just think, especially when they started serving food, it became really overrated. Like somebody's just all eating sloppy and nasty and chewing with their mouth open in your movie, and you're like, man, get the chicken fingers out of my movie, right? You can smell nachos and stuff. It's been a long time since we've been to a movie, and so we watch movies at home and stuff, love movies, but uh, going to the theater is a little awkward. But the last time we went to a theater, and uh, something happened at the end of the movie, uh, finished and the credits began to roll and everyone loved the movie and everyone in the theater began to applause, began to clap. I got so angry. I, my wife I said, this is not right. This is a stupid, this is, this is not right, babe. I get, I get angry when people, I get frustrated. I'm like, this is, this, this, you do not clap at movies. You don't clap at movies, okay? Listen, I'm a, if you clap at movies, stop. You don't clap at movies. You clap at plays, you clap at performances, you clap at places where people take a bow because they just perform and they're there to receive the appreciation, to receive the applause. You're clapping for a screen, you're interacting with a screen. No one's there that wrote the movie. No one's there that acted in the movie. Who are you clapping for? The video guy up in the room that hit the button? There's nobody there. And, and, and I was getting frustrated. And I told my wife, like, this is dumb. This is wrong. I was like, I got a, a conviction about this. 
This is wrong. She says, oh, babe, it's community. I'm like, we have dumbed down community to interaction emotionally with a screen to let people around us that we don't know, that we like something that they didn't produce. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Somebody said, come on. My question is, what are we applauding as a church? What, what, what are we putting our energy into as a people? What, are, are we putting our emotional energy and our emotional applause into stuff that doesn't matter, into stuff that doesn't affect anybody? Does it matter? Does it make a difference? Are we spending our energy on the right thing? Are we getting emotional energy in the right direction? Come on, is that, is that energy worth it? Is that fight worth it? Is that argument worth it? Is that, is that little comment worth it? Is it, is it is that, is, 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 are we thinking about the right things? Are we applauding or engaging in the right stuff? I, I don't know. I just, as a church, Jesus said this in Matthew 22, 8 through 10. This is the specific verse for today. I just want to think about with energy. It says, then he told his servants, we have a wedding banquet all prepared, but no guests. The ones I invited weren't up to it. Go out into the busiest intersections in town and invite anyone you find to the banquet. Open up our invite. The servants went out on the streets and rounded up everyone they laid eyes on, good and bad. Come on, aren't you thankful? Rounded up everyone, good and bad, regardless. And so the banquet was on. Come on, it's on, somebody. The party's on. The banquet was on every place filled. Jesus says, hey, go get... All these people, certain people didn't want to show up, that's fine. Certain people didn't want to come, that's fine. The religious people and people he invited, it's a picture of the Pharisees and Sadducees and all the religious folks that didn't want to come. And so he, he just says, come on, open it up to the good and bad, regardless, anybody in the service, go out and begin to invite. And the whole place is filled. They begin to get their, listen to me, they begin to applaud the right thing. They begin to put their energy into humanity, into inviting people, good and bad, into finding neighbors and finding friends and engaging in stuff that actually makes an eternal difference. And I think so often it's easy to begin to engage in things that don't make a difference, that don't, that don't matter, that, that aren't affecting anybody around us. And I just want to encourage myself and you, are we concerned in applauding things that matter or, are we, or, or, or things that don't matter? Are we inviting and rescuing lost people? Like, come on, I had so much fun at Thanksgiving. I had so many lost people at Thanksgiving. It was crazy. I can show you a video right now. I, I, I was tempted to put it up on the screen, we, but, but I, I didn't want to do that because y'all be like, you're fired, Pastor. Uh, but I mean, just getting around people, good and bad, that need Jesus and interacting and, and sharing the message of God, I, and I think there's a couple of reasons I think we don't invite. We don't invite people to the house of God. We don't invite people to, to our homes or to, to hear about Christ. Several reasons. Because one, I think that people are confused. I think we're confused sometimes. I think people are confused about church, about Jesus, about who he really is and what this is all about. People get confused. How do I know people are confused? I'll ask people all the time, hey, why don't you come to church? Come check out church. They'll be like, oh, man, you don't want me in there. If I, if I show up, places are going to catch on fire. I've had people tell me that before. I'm like, oh, man, we got fire extinguishers by every door. It's okay. <laughs> and, and if you could catch it on fire, so could I. And I'm the pastor, right? And, and, and so, so the reality is I think people get confused. Like, do I have to clean up my life? And who is Jesus? And, 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 and can I, do I have to wear this or wear that? And, and do I have to fix everything in my life before I come to church? And so people are confused. We get confused. And so we're a little nervous to invite people to stuff like that. If you're confused... I know I had one guy years ago, he, he came to church and he, he was so thankful. He said, I haven't been to church in 20 years. I go, why? He goes, because I wear a hat. 
And, and the last church I was in wouldn't let me wear a hat. And they threw me out for wearing a hat. And I was embarrassed because I, I wanted to wear a hat. <laughs> and, I, and so I, I never been back to church in 20 years. As I was thinking and praying, isn't it sad that people would rather have, that churches would rather have people in hell than people in hats? <laughs> how, how would we rather someone be in hell than in a hat? And I think that's why people are confused because we've made it about confusing stuff. Well, what version of the Bible do you use? Well, are they predestined or not? You know, I had the predestination. We get into all these things that don't matter. And we begin to argue and divide and split each other apart around stuff that doesn't matter. I was driving back from Thanksgiving, saw a billboard that said, SaturdaySabbath.com, the true holy day. I'm like, my God. I look at my wife and said, there's a website for Saturday about church. And I was just proving my point, like, really, you're going to spend your emotional applause and energy to put up an expensive billboard to convince everybody that's driving on Thanksgiving that Saturday is the real holy day and there's no other. I mean, he, I mean, it's so weird to me. I told my wife, I was like, even Paul addressed that. Like, it's right there in plain writing. Like, it doesn't matter. One day is holy to you. One day is holy to them. Every day is holy to me. It doesn't matter. But we still have people putting emotional energy into that. And I think it's... I think it said, like, what are we about? Like, do I have to clean my life up to come to church? Can I tell you that we all drug a little baggage in here today? All of us. Like, you don't have to clean up. It says that they rounded up good and bad people. All, and, and the reality is, if you think you don't have baggage, you just got good at the little kind with wheels on it. <laughs> you just know how to work yours better. I, just, I mean, I got baggage. I've drugged stuff in. You've got baggage. I think the world is a little confused. And then the, and the next thing, I think that... We've complicated the simple message of Jesus. It's just he's done the work. He's a love story. Can we just, can we quit complicating the invite? Can we quit complicating the message? Can we keep, quit complicating and putting obstacles around people? It's a simple love story. It's a free gift. God gives it to you. You need it. Accept it. Just, it's an offer from God. He's finished it. It's complete. It's nothing you do. It's what he's done. Does that make sense? And so I just, I think that's the reason we're confused a little bit. And the other, the other thing I think sometimes we don't invite because we think it's not our responsibility. We've got a professional pastor. He's going to do all the work. <laughs> now, I don't, listen, I, the Bible says that if you're a Christian, it's your responsibility to invite. It says that his servants went out and invited all that they could from every area of society, good and bad, so that the party was full, that we have a responsibility. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. I know, I think sometimes when we read that, we think all nations. Oh, every nation, I gotta be a missionary. Do you know what the word nations means? It means ethoses, which ethos actually just means a group of people with a similarity. There's a medical ethos. There's a business ethos. There's a teaching ethos. There's, a, there's groups of people that I can't go in and make disciples of because you have the engineering degree or the finance background or the teaching background or the medical background. And there's an actual specific language within that ethos of people that God calls you to go and invite to become disciples. Does that make sense? And so I think it is my responsibility. It's your responsibility. And I, I just want us to, to, to push back in and not sit back on our responsibility and know, hey, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, it's my responsibility to invite and take this answer to people and get into their world so that they'll come and get into our world. That's the DNA of a Christian. And I think, uh, I just don't want to let the devil keep us silent or keep us pushed back. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. Guys, listen, we don't have a harvest problem. Like it says the laborers are few, the harvest is plentiful. Like most churches don't grow because harvest is hard work. 
And I don't want to be a church that just doesn't grow and doesn't reach people and just comes and hangs out. Like, we're called to reach our community. We're called to reach this little region. We're called to reach this section of land that God's given us. And it's going to harvest. We're like, harvest, woo, give us the harvest. It's like, any farmers in here? Anybody ever farmed? Harvest is like, you know, 3 a.m. and getting up and, and chopping stuff and putting it and getting, getting all the workers in the field and getting it pulled in before it rots, right? Harvest is hard work. And so I just want to encourage you, like, we want to invite, we want to see hard work, we want to see us grabbing arms together and believe in God for revival, but we got to reach people together. Here's a, here's a couple of things I want to encourage you with today. I'm going to give you four thoughts, and just about really recharging up your life or, or applauding the right things, or what do, what do you need? I think Thanksgiving uh, is awesome, but I want to wear the turkey off right now and get a little bit of a little energy back into us for inviting and reaching, going into Christmas season. We're going to have some Christmas invites for you next week. Do you, do you know that uh, I think it's like 75% of people will not turn down a Christmas invite? Like people, like if you just invite them, like 75% of people will say yes to a Christmas invite. And so we're going to have some invites to put in your hand next week. Here's four simple thoughts of, of things that are worth applauding. Number one, this is worth applauding. Recharging your heart. It's worth applauding. It's worth getting some energy into you to recharge your heart. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need my heart recharged when it comes to, to, to the things of God. And here's, a, here's kind of a recharge verse, Romans 12, 11 through 13. This is in the message version. I've had someone tell me before that uh, if I preach in the message version, everybody's going to go to hell. So um, it, we're okay. That's the wrong applause. <laughs> you know, that's the wrong thing to get involved. No, the message version is okay. It's a translation. Here's what it says in Romans 12, 11 through 13. Don't burn out. Everybody says, oh, I'm just so burnt out. Don't burn out. Well, okay, how? Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. There's the answer. There's the practical. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert, servants of the master. This is a recharge your heart, not burning out verse. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Come on, there's been hard times. Pray all the harder. What do you do in hard times? Don't quit and what? Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Come on, I did a sermon years ago called I'm So Needy. We don't want to be needy people, but come on, we are. That's, that's the gospel. We're needy people. It says help needy Christians. And then it says this, be inventive in hospitality. Just some practicals about this verse. It says don't burn out. How? Keep yourselves a fuel and a flame. What's a fuel? It's the word of God. That, that, it, that it's your responsibility to keep your life a fuel. That, that you've got to keep fuel in your tank. Don't quit blaming other. If you're the driver of your life, quit blaming them for sucking out your energy. Quit blaming them for stealing your vibe. Quit blaming them for changing the environment. If you, you are responsible, I have a passive-aggressive computer in my car. It tells me when I'm almost out of gas, and it says, would you like me to find a gas station? I'm like, no, I don't need you to find a gas station. I know I'm about to run out, and I know where gas stations are. Leave me alone. It's, it's like, that's such a passive-aggressive computer question. Like, would you like me to find you a gas station? No, I don't. I know I've put it off to the last minute, and I'm running out of gas. Shut up. <laughs> It's nobody else's responsibility to put fuel in your life but you. What does that look like? Put some music on. Put some worship on. Get your word open every day. Get, get into the scriptures each morning. Like begin to put some time so to the spirit, not just to the flesh. How do you not burn out? Stay a, stay a fuel. You got to have fuel. The word of God, each other, prayer. I, I just think there's some practicals. Someone asked me last week, give us some practicals. I'm giving you some practicals right here. 
Like, like get up in the morning, put worship in. Go when you're, when you're going about your day. Be thankful. Worship God for everything. Begin to open up your eyes. Like to my family at Thanksgiving, turkey and a good meal and a great bottle of wine was like the, the glory of it. To me, it was the, it was the, the provision of God of it. Like, like their praise stops at the meal. My praise starts at the meal. Does that make sense? And, and so I think just practically worshiping and fueling yourself up. And then it says, also stay aflame. So think about this. If you don't burn out, get fuel and aflame. Many Christians have all the fuel but no fire. You got Bible study after Bible study. You got group after group. You got prayer chain after prayer chain. That's fuel. Do you know that to have fire, you have to have the proper mix of oxygen and fuel, right? You take all the little pieces of stick and all the little, all the word and all the things God wants, all the fuel, but then you got to have. You ever started a little fire? You have to have wind. You have to have air. You have to have the Holy Spirit. And so, so to, to not burn out, you need the word and the spirit. Like you need to ask Holy Spirit, blow on my life, revive me, fan to flame. Use your gifts. Like you can have all the fuel stored up, but if you're not using it, there's no fire. So if you don't want to burn out, it says that you would stay fueled up and flamed up, right? I don't want to be a Christian with fuel, but no flame. How do you know if you have flame? Is anything catching on fire around you? Anybody else catching it? Anything else burning around you? Any other, any, anything on fire around you? Like I, things should be contagious around you, right? And so I don't want to burn out. I want to stay fueled up and flamed up. And then it says this, just some simple thoughts. Be alert servants of the master. Nothing worse than a non-alert waiter. Like, man, my tea's been empty for 30 minutes. You have one job. No, I'm just kidding. Like, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it says, be alert servants. Can I tell you, in a day and age of distraction, if you will be alert, God will show up with opportunities. It says, be alert servants. We are servants. We are servants of the master. Alert, be alert. Like, I think it's a season to get alert again. Like, be alert. Like, God, what do you want? What do you want me to say? Who do I talk to today? What do I do in this grocery store? What do I do with my family? How do you want me to pray the prayer at the meal, God, so I can be a witness to you? Like, be alert. What words do you want me to use? When do I speak? When do I not speak? God, I want to be alert. I, I need to be an alert servant of the master. Can I say this? If serving is beneath you, Christianity is beyond you. And, and there's no assignment that's too big or too small. And servant isn't some title we carry. It's a response to who God is. It's a response to all he's done in our life. So I just, I want to be alert. I ask you to be alert. Be alert with your family. Be alert with your kids. God, wake me up. Wake us up as we're servants of the master. Be alert. Be cheerfully expectant. This is, a, this is just all one point about recharging your heart. If you want to recharge your heart, be cheerfully expectant. I just don't know how it's going to turn out. The new variants out there. I just don't know. Come on, praise God. We had somebody in the hospital in in dire straits a couple days ago. uh, uh, That was part of our church, and God healed her and brought her home. Praise God. Prayer prayer works. Prayer works. And and I, and I just I just you know whatever. Do you know that you can frame your future? By being cheerfully expectant with your words. And whatever you're looking for, you're finding. If you're looking for criticalness, if you're looking for negativity, if you're looking for problems, you're finding them. If you're looking for something good, if you're looking for something praiseworthy, if you're looking for something worthy of honor, if you're looking with, uh, for, if whatever you're looking for, you're finding. 
And, and I think it's so important for us to be cheerfully expectant. I don't mean that we're put our heads in the sand and act like everything's fine. I mean, no, I've been, I'm talking about you can begin to change things with your words. I, I, whatever you're saying with your mouth is what you're framing in your world. You can frame your world with your mouth. God did it. God did it in the beginning of time. It says that God said and God saw. 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 God said over and over and over. He's given you the creative authority and power to say and see. And it's just real. I'm not talking about, everybody's like, was this name it, claim it? Like, I want a Mercedes. No, that's not what I'm talking about, right? If you have one, I'll take it. It's fine. No, I'm just kidding. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about framing your world for God's glory, framing your world not for, for stuff, for God's glory. I, I was saying, whatever you're saying, do this. Whatever you're saying in your life right now, put behind it, and that's the way I want it. Whatever you're saying. I, I was in a little pattern saying to my wife, I had a lot going on in my world. I got three teenagers all in high school at the same time. Pray for your pastor. And, and, and I, I would say to her at night sometimes, I just don't know. <laughs> this is all I'd say. I just don't know, babe. <laughs> that was like my, the fullness of my statement. Like, don't know what? Like, I, was just, I just don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Any parents of teenagers out there, I just don't know. <laughs> we're all, we're in this together. I just don't know. And, and I got convicted and God said, and that's the way you want it. And then he began to tell me that I have the mind of Christ, that the Holy Spirit shows me things to come, that I can think on things that are pure. I began to change what I said so that I could see something different and begin to get divine answers from God. I've got the Spirit of God in me. I would say that you've got the life of God in you, that you begin to say things in a way, and whatever you're saying is actually what you're wanting, but you can begin to change what you say, begin to change what you applaud and watch God move. Be cheerfully expectant. I want to be cheerfully expectant. If it is not good, God is not done. It says he works all things together for good. For those that love him, recall according to his purpose. Don't quit. Next thought, just don't quit. Don't quit in hard times. The verse says don't quit in hard times. Hard times are, are, are around us. Don't quit. Just don't quit in hard times. Just to make a decision. Don't quit on your wife. Don't quit on your husband. Don't quit on your kids. I, I think sometimes we just need to outlast the devil. Could, could you just look at somebody and say, outlast the devil? Just tell a couple people, I'm going to outlast the devil. I'm going to outlast him. Like, pray one more time. Give one more time. Believe one more time. Show up one more time. Showing up's half the battle. Like, I'm going to outlast Satan. I'm going to outlast what he's tried to do in our city. I'm going to outlast what he's tried to do in my home. I'm going to outlast what he's tried to do with my kids. I'm going to recharge my heart and outlast what's happening in my teenager's life. I heard an amazing story from a mom at Thanksgiving with a young 18-year-old daughter there that played basketball, and she began to weep. Her daughter was an FCA she said, it looks great, and we gave testimony, but it always wasn't great that my daughter had, had a revival with Jesus and things began to change in her heart. Our relationship was mended. And Come on, let's outlast what the enemy's trying to do in our families and with our kids. Let's keep believing. And what does it say to do? Don't quit in hard times. It says, pray all the harder. Pray harder. Listen, I, pray harder. Can I, can I tell you that there's no such thing as silent prayer in the Bible? Man, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to teach our staff and get into prayer meetings. Like, there is no, like, let's pray. There's no such, there's not something in the Bible. The Bible in James says the, the fervent prayer 
of a righteous person availeth much. What is the word fervent actually means boiling over, bubbling over, boiling prayer. Have you ever heard a pot boil or seen it boil or, you know, it starts boiling over and it starts hitting the, hitting the stove top and sizzling and, and, and crackling and all of a sudden the tea, it's with the teapot's whistling, the fervent bubbling over fiery prayer of the righteous avails much. Not, not, our, little, not our little unspoken requests. There's no such thing. If you ever come to me and say, pray for me, I'm going to say, for what? And you say, well, it's unspoken. I'm going to say, no, no, I can't pray for anything that's unspoken. The Bible says we're to agree. I can't agree with something I don't know. Let me pray for it. Let me pray. <laughs> I need to pray. You know what I'm saying? In Dallas, my neighbor, I used to go in the garage and pray. My neighbor called my wife one morning and said, are you okay? Is, is Jamie, be is, is, is there domestic violence going on at your house? I said, there is. I'm kicking the devil's rear end out here in the garage, somebody. I am domestic violencing the devil in Jesus' name. Like, like that you should stir up your neighbors through prayer. Like, freak some people out. Like, be, get a little engaged. You know what I mean? Oh, man, you guys will worship at the altar of UT, screaming, you know, but you won't pray loud? Oh, I was worshiping as several teams were getting beat last night. Alabama got lucky, y'all. Somebody prayed for them. I don't know what happened. That was the devil all day. Sold their soul. Saving soul to soul, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Pray harder. Is your prayer boiling over? And then it says, help needy Christians. I got, I got several more thoughts for you today. Are y'all with me still? It, it, it says, help needy Christians. Just find a need and meet it. Just, just, just find a need and meet it. You want, you want your heart to recharge up? Just find somebody and help them. Just make a decision. This is Thanksgiving, Christmas, holiday season. Good or bad? Good people, bad people. Help them. Help them. Find a need and meet it. Find, help needy Christians. Then in the last, the last part of this verse, this verse says, invent ways to be hospitable. Think, listen to that. Invent, like come up. Create ways to be hospitable. Do you know that like, there's a bunch of qualifications for elders in the Bible? One of them is hospitable. I've seen pastors get disqualified for all types of things. I've never seen a pastor get disqualified or then ask him to step down for not being hospitable, for not opening up his home and inviting people and engaging with people. Come on, the Bible says that we're supposed to be the most hospitable people on the planet, that we'd open our homes up and open our lives up and be hospitable to people. And it says invent ways. You know, there's whole college degrees around hospitality. Like, that's a God degree, hospitality industry. Like, get a God degree. Come on, let's be hospitable people and watch God do some things and recharge our heart. Number two. So number one, recharge up your heart. Romans 13 there. Uh, number two, refocus your energy. Recharge your heart. Refocus your energy. Look what it says in Revelation 21.1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Can I, can I just say to you that it's not all going to work out down here? And that's one of the biggest battles that we have on, on our planet right now is everyone's trying to make it work out down here. Everyone wants it to work out down here perfectly. It's not going to work out down here. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. If your investment and if all of your hope is in it to work out down here and work out on this planet, I promise you, you're going to be discouraged so often. 
You're, you're, not that there's not good things down here. God made the earth and we're blessed people, but our investment, our hope is not in this life, but it's in the life to come. That we'll be disappointed if we put all of our eggs in this basket down here. There's a hope to come. That'll change the way you see what's going on in this planet. Like, I'm not putting all of my energy and all of my focus on this planet. Revelation 21, 16, look at this. It says, the city was laid out like a square as long as it is wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide as it is high. What is this dimension? This is literally 1,500 miles long. The distance from Maine to Florida squared. It's the size of the moon, this new heaven and new earth. Literally, one theologian said, if there were 100 billion people on the planet when Jesus returns and 20% were saved, everyone would get 75 acres, one block of 75 acres, each of their own. That's how big the new heaven and new earth is. You're trying to get your little, your little corner apartment down here and worried about all that. You're going to get 75 acres up here, somebody. I just think we need to shift our focus and our energy to where we begin to invest into. Heaven has 216 foot thick walls of jasper, one giant pearl. I mean, this giant door that's a pearl, gold streets. I just think sometimes, like, here's what I would say. Nick is my buddy right here, realtor, one of the great realtor in Knoxville. And we talk all the time about investment properties and stuff like that. And we're talking about, I've been here 13 years, and uh, we'll drive around and look at different places sometimes, and he's like, I'm like, man, I wish I would have bought that. Man, I wish I would have invested in that. Man, I wish I would have got down in South Knoxville and bought a couple of those properties. Man, I wish I would. Man, I wish I would. Man, I wish if I had invested in that. Come on, how many of y'all are thinking like, man, if we had just kept that house 12 years ago, if we hadn't sold that or if we hadn't invested in that, uh, that's my, sometimes that's my trap. And, and I'm like, and he said to me the other day, just buy everything you can now. And you're thinking, and then in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, it's way beyond investing now. Everything's too, too, too expensive. I can't do that now. The reality is I don't want you to get to heaven and go, man, I wish I would have invested in heaven. Man, I wish I would have put more into eternity. Man, I wish I would have invested more in what God had for me. I don't, I, want, I don't want myself, I don't want you to get there and be like, gosh, I didn't invest up here. Well, how do I invest? Serve Knox Saturday. It would be practical. Serve Knox Saturday. Serve teams. Small groups. Vision offering. Taking what you have and taking what's temporal and putting it into eternity and watching God multiply an eternal return on what he has for your life. Matthew 6, 19 through 20. And this just isn't just about money. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I'm just saying, would you, can we just recommit to living with, with the reality of heaven and hell every day? Like, let's just, hell is real. People are perishing. We have it so good in America. That's why sometimes it's hard to focus on heaven. It's just we have it good. I'm not, I'm not one of those pastors that bashes us having it good. Come on, I like to have good stuff. I like a great steak, which I don't get to eat anymore. I like a good, bo- good bottle of wine. I like, I like a good meal. I like good, a good tofurkey. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that sounds like a cuss word. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, li- I like that stuff. But, but I'm just saying, let me, let me focus my energies on heaven. Number three, very simple, reach all people that we would reinvest, that we recharge our heart, that we would refocus our energy, we would reach all people. We'd begin to have a heart to, to reach people. Revelation 22 says this. This is a good little shift in church thought process. Look what it says. 
Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Listen to this. But outside are dogs and sorcerers, sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. Verse 16, then what it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. Now look at verse 17. And the spirit and the bride, that's the church, say, come. And a lot of times we preach just like we're, we're crying for Jesus to come. That's not talking about Jesus. It says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears come. And let him who thirsts come. And whoever desires, let him take water of life freely. Who's it yelling come to? The sorcerers. The idolaters. The sexually immoral. Those that practice lies. Those that are on the outside. The spirit and the bride are crying, come. Whoever thirsts, let him come and drink freely. That we would be a church that has a giant welcome mat. That we're not applauding the wrong things. That we're not applauding hats but leaving people in hell that we are applauding the right things like come doesn't matter what you have in your life come and drink freely of the the life of God like come on let's let's be the people that make a welcome mat that's so big you ever been to a place that you just didn't feel welcome I had somebody weeping in the lobby last week crying in the lobby going thank you for creating a place where there's no pretense and everyone, are, everyone is welcome, no matter their background and no matter their socioeconomic status, no matter their color, no matter their... Thank you for... That's you. That's your heartbeat for people. That's not just me. That's my heart, but it's you. It's our church. It's our house. Our welcome mat is huge. I don't want people to come in here and feel like they got to have it all together and they got to fix their life. Come on, we're all dealing with stuff. I would just say to you, go at, your, go at the God pace. Like, go at your God pace. I, I, was, I joined a, years ago, I, I did one class of, like, jazzercise. Come on, I know it's funny. I walked in there, they were like, I couldn't even breathe in, like, five minutes. They're yelling at me, screaming at me. Like, get your breath. Where's your breath? I'm like, my breath left with, like, this exercise. I had no idea what to do. No one told me what to do. I'm, like, trying to keep up. I feel stupid trying to figure it out. They didn't let me go at my own pace, right? I think sometimes people come into church and we expect them to know all about God and be clean and have all their life together and have it all figured out and come on, you got to do this and we're going we're gonna to beat you and pound you if you're out of breath. It's okay. You can get in the door out of breath. We're not going to kill you and God's okay with where you are in your walk with him. We have a big welcome mat. The, la- the last thing I would say to you is recommit your life to God. Renew your relationship with God. Maybe, maybe today you aren't walking with him and you're like, man, I just got pulled to church by a family member. Maybe you're here as a young person and you know you need to be right with God. Maybe you're here as an older person and you need, you need to be right with God. I don't know, but I could tell you, you can renew that relationship with him today. This is a verse, and I'm going to end with this verse, Psalm 61, 3 through 5. Listen to the welcome mat in God's house. This is what David said. You've always given me breathing room. So, God's so good. Like, this is his heart for us. A place to get away from it all. A lifetime pass to your safe house. An open invitation as your guest. You've always taken me seriously. God made me welcome among those who know and love you. It's it's God's house. It's a place of welcome. It's a place where God understands you and takes you serious. It's a place that you are safe. Go at your own pace and let God meet you right where you are. I don't know what you're carrying today. I want to pray for two things. I want to pray that 
Some of you would stop applauding the wrong things. I don't know, maybe it's the fighting in your home. Maybe you're putting energy into into these fights when you could put energy into hugging. (laughs) Maybe it's it's the comments that you just can't let go. Maybe it's the, the, the anger that you can't drop. Maybe it's the unforgiveness. Maybe it's energy that you're holding on to a grudge. And maybe it's energy uh, that you're saying, this is my way and this, I'm right. Maybe it's energy uh, about, about something that you know you just need to get, quit giving energy to. I'm going to pray for you today. You're in here, you're a Christian, but you know you need to, to, to kind of divert your energy to the right thing and begin to applaud some different stuff today. Maybe all your energy is into some earthly cause, some, some, some earthly thing that you want to work out down here. And God's saying, I need you to refocus your energy up here. I need you to open up your heart again to my purpose and my plan up here. There's so many gifts and talents in so many of you. There's so many things God does not want to let you into heaven with. Please, I just, I just ask you like, in this Thanksgiving season and going into Christmas, what are the books in you? What are the business ideas in you? What are the callings in you? What are the songs in you? What, are the, what is the creativity in you? Come on, young people. What, what, is the, what is the purpose in you? What is the destiny in you? you? You are made in God's image. You are for God and through God and by God. Don't you, if you would know who you are and whose you are, forget all the other energies and the other dramas and the other stuff that you're giving your attention and mind to, that God's saying, no, I want you and I've got a purpose for you and he does not want you to enter heaven with all that stuff still inside of you. I pray for against demonic distraction and demonic stealing and demonic, come on, I'm just, I'm just prophesying over, we got a young, young students right here. There's others in the rest of, in the room as well. I'm not just zeroing in on you guys, but young people in the room. I just rebuke demonic distraction and demonic influence and the things that would try to steal purpose and identity, things that would try to steal your emotions and your time and your destiny. There's too much in you. There's too much in you to give up to the enemy this soon. You need to refocus your energies on heaven and on destiny and on God's purpose. I'm off script right now. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Just praying. I just believe God wants to restore some things. In a young generation, there's so many things trying to snatch and steal. Young people, hear me. I'm, not, I'm just, all of us really, but I want young people to hear me. You guys have heard me talk about it. You ever been to the airport when they show that plexiglass bin of all the weapons they confiscated from people? You walk by that and you're like, man, how did they get a blowtorch in here? How did they think they could get a blowtorch in here? I've seen an axe. I've seen guns, axes. I'm like, how did they think they could get an axe in here? Here's what I want you to know. You're going to go to heaven And the last thing I want is for God to go, how did you think you could get that book in here? How did you think you could get that ministry in here? How did you think you could get that that calling and that athletic calling to influence the, the nations in here? How did you think that you could get that creativity in here? Come on. And there's going to be a divine pat down entering into heaven. God's going to say, man, please don't bring that stuff in here. Use it, spend it, uh, invent it, create it, release it into the planet. Come on. And I believe that God has a new day for you. So maybe you're in here and you know, come on. You know that you need to refocus your energy. That so much stuff is stealing your applause. We'll pray for that. In a minute, I'm going to pray for you. 
I believe God's going to refocus you today. And then if you're here in this place and you say, I I just need to renew my relationship with God. If this is a safe place, (laughs) then I want God. If God's going to take me like I am and receive me, I don't have to fix anything. I want him today. He's available for you today. Jesus did all the work. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for, thank you for your kingdom. Thank you that you've already worked it out for us, that we don't have to make it work out down here, that you have chosen to bless us and empower us to be light on this planet. But Lord, our, our greatest investment and greatest return is into heaven, that we will live there one day forever and that people are in the balance, Lord. Souls are at stake. We are Christians. We're called to press forward, to be bold, to invite, to open up, to preach and speak and teach the gospel to make disciples of all nations. Lord, I I just pray right now that by your spirit, you would take away anything that's trying to, to, to suck our energy or our attention or our applause in the wrong direction. I speak against every emotional relationship that's not of you. I speak against every emotional stronghold that's not of you. Every, every relationship, whether it be from a young man or a young woman trying to zap the strength or energy or that's trying to destroy destiny. Lord, I know there's unhealthy soul ties and unhealthy uh, relational energies that are being put, uh, especially in this uh, day and age, Lord, with all the social media and all the different contacts and all the different uh, things that we're contacted by. Lord, I pray that you would separate that and put people on a path of purpose and direction. Lord, any young people that have been distracted in their mind and their emotions or giving away parts of their life or parts of their heart I pray you would restore it today oh God if it wasn't you Lord I pray right now that even as they leave here today just as people leave here today they go you know what I'm not going to applaud that anymore I'm not going to give my energy to that anymore I'm not going to worry what they think about me anymore I'm not going to have fear of mankind anymore I'm not going to worry what I look like I'm not going to worry about all that anymore I'm going to worry about the master I'm going to be about my master's business I don't care what age you are, everyone's got the mark of God on them if you're a Christian. Father, use your people. Start a revival today in our own hearts, and our own lives. Thank you that you're still calling us. You're still beckoning us. You're still asking us and inviting us to come and focus on who you are in your kingdom. And if you're in this place today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. No one looking around, I'm not gonna embarrass you. You say, I, I, I need to renew my relationship with God. The Bible says if you give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start in God. No judgment. You don't have to clean your life up. Jesus literally takes your shame, your guilt, your mistakes, nailed it to a cross 2,000 years ago, and it's here to give you a brand new life that you can have a relationship with your Father in heaven. If that's you and you say, you know what, I need forgiven. I need to recommit my life to God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Would you just put your hand up to me, Pastor? Pray for me. I need to recommit my heart to Christ today. I need a fresh start with God. Anybody in here at all? I need a fresh start with Christ today. Thank you for your boldness. Come on, church, pray. People saying, I need Jesus. I'm going to refocus. Anybody else? I I need to become a Christian. I've never given my life to Christ. I want to surrender to Him. I want Him to be my Lord, my leader today. If you're online and you're listening to me, you know you need a fresh start with God today, just type in the chat, fresh start. We'd love to pray with you right now. You can pray this simple prayer with me. Come on, let's all pray together. Let's just make everyone feel comfortable as we pray together. You can just repeat after me or pray your own words. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for going to that cross 2,000 plus years ago. Thank you for dying for all my sin, all my shame, all my mistakes. I repent and turn from my ways. And I turn to you, Jesus. 
You are my Lord. You're my master. You are God. I believe you rose from the dead. Give me your spirit. Fill me with your life. I'll serve you the rest of my days. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Come on, give God praise this morning. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.